Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, February 9th. Um, This is a different podcast than your normal basketball. Today, we will be back and covering the EPL, English Premier League, for tomorrow's slate. And as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Rob Diamond. What's going on, Rob? Oh, not too much. Just getting by up here in Canada. How about you? Doing well here in New York. Pretty sure it's just as cold. Yeah. But... As always, let's start like we always do. Let's dive right into goalies and take it away, Rob. You like some goalies this week. Who are they? Sounds good. Well, the first one I don't like is Ederson. I think uh, anything at uh, 6K, uh, well, first of all, City just have them in keeping CS bonuses relevant to their attacking prowess. So I think a lot of cases here, as we get closer to the end of the season, uh, you know, I'm just going to talk about City here real quickly, too, in general. City are in serious, serious, serious. I'm going to say it one more time. City are in serious trouble. Um, I think they're not going to finish first. They're going to finish second unless they turn things around within the next two games here. They're dropping points at an absolutely horrific rate to the point where in another three, four games, if they continue to drop points, it's not only going to be a conversation. It's going to be a sure thing that other teams are in place to take the title away from Man City. It was only four weeks ago that we were talking about what a sure thing City were. We're going to be talking here unless they turn things around in the next couple of games that City are in serious trouble and they're not going to be winning the league like everyone was talking. This is going to be a huge game for them. I think they're good, they're not going to get a result, um, especially uh, with Mara's back. But we'll talk about that. I, I don't think neither of us think you're, he's going to play. But we'll we'll talk about that. So like, Ederson's just too much. City haven't been keeping their uh, CS bonuses, and they're not even getting win bonuses. There's no reason right now to take a city defensive aspect and put them at the top of the leaderboard for salary until you look at the construction of the slate and the only other name recognition you'll see is Joe Hart and he's not even playing so like this is a pretty boring slate in terms of keepers and you'll notice that in DraftKings with the salaries and they drop off right away from 5.9k down to 5.2k basically going from 6k to 5k and Jack Butlin though I like him and I like Stoke uh, he isn't the number two salary this keeper the number two keeper salary this slate Uh, he does deserve that and Brighton very simply aren't going to shoot the ball more than four times on net this game if Butlin lets one goal in uh, he's going to be struggling to break single digits and from 5.2k that just isn't the relevance I'm looking for this slate from keeper I think there's a lot better options uh, I Brighton are fire right now they're flames they're one of the hottest teams in the league at the moment so I'm not really looking to take them on right now against technically what is the league's worst defense now, obviously, Stoke at home, it isn't a bad option. Uh, but uh, in terms of GPP especially, I'm not going to be looking at Jack Butlin this week. Brighton are not going to shoot the ball enough to make this a GP relevant play. Swansea, I love. Fabanski, I love. I think that's an excellent play. Burnley just aren't the same team since the new year. Since Really, since Robbie Brady went down, uh, they haven't been the same team. So I'll be looking at Fabanski a lot this week from 5K even. Burnley are still going to get four to six shots on net, and I don't think Fabanski is going to let any of them in. So uh, I don't mind Swansea. I don't mind uh, Fabanski. Asking. We'll get to the defenders here in a bit because I know we both like them. West Ham, much like West, uh, excuse me, much like Man City, are in really serious trouble at the moment. They're falling right off the face of the earth. It looks like they just walked off a cliff of results and are just free falling at the moment. And a lot of that starts with uh, Adrian at 4.9k. 5k isn't really a keeper. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, a salary. I'm looking to pay for a keeper that hasn't scored more than five fantasy points in his recent results. Like he has gotten, he got negative against Brighton. Against Brighton. Against Brighton, he got negative. Like that just doesn't happen. So uh, I'm not interested whatsoever uh, in Adrian at the moment. Uh, 
I'm not saying that about the rest of West Ham in different formats, but uh, starting with Adrian, there's just not a lot to take there against Watford this week. Uh, I really do like Jordan Pickford. I think Everton are playing quite well at the moment, despite their horrible result against Spurs. Uh, they aren't necessarily a huge target for me in either format, but I don't dislike Pickford this week, let's put it that way. Um, Nick Pope is someone I'm going to be relying on heavily to in either format. I just like the Swansea-Burnley game not to go over three total goals, and neither team score more than two goals. So uh, I think both Pope and Fabanski are excellent options there. And uh, Pope at 4.7K has a little bit more historical relevance, but Swansea are just playing much better than Burnley are playing at the moment. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Pope won't get uh, chances. I just think it means Swansea are going to score more goals than uh, Burnley does. And at the end of the day, I'm not really looking to take a keeper that's going to let in more goals than the other one, uh, no matter who or what they are. So uh, Nick Pope just won't be really uh, up there in terms of Fabanski, but uh, I do like him. Uh, I'm not sure about the Palace keepers. I, I would much rather take Everton than Palace keepers, but at the same time, I would much rather take Palace attackers than the Everton keepers. So it's kind of a tough situation there. We'll talk about it as we go through the slate, but uh, I don't really like the Palace keepers at all this week. I think Everton are just going to outscore Palace. Uh, but uh, in terms of Watford, I really like them for GPP this slate. Going up against West Ham, uh, I assume Karzins is going to be starting here for Watford. Only 4.5k. That isn't a bad option. He's a really bad keeper. It's too bad. I shouldn't say that. He's a really bad DFS keeper. So it, it isn't a, a great option. But uh, in terms of like their overall ceiling, I think there's a lot to have there. Uh, I think he, he has a, a ceiling of like 18 to 24 if he hits properly. And from 4.5K, that's an excellent play. Uh, so it, it's just a matter of whether or not Watford can get a win and their defensive backs can get forward. And I think that's that's going to be something we'll look at here, and I really like it. Uh, Matt Ryan's going to be one of my top GPP plays of the slate. Uh, I really like Brighton. As I said, they're playing incredible at the moment. Stokes still have one of the worst defensive cores in the entire league. And while Brighton may not get a lot of shots on that, Stoke will. Uh, I'm not sure about the quality of Stoke. Their forwards have been lacking. When you look at Peter Crouch or Duff, uh, it's it's not a. They're not prolific goal scorers. They're capable, but they're just not prolific. Will they score on Matt Ryan? Yeah, probably. Uh, but if they don't, Matt Ryan could walk away with an eight-save CS bonus win uh, because Stoke are more than capable of getting six to five to six really poor level shots on net, and uh, I think Matt Ryan could really benefit from that this late. Uh, Casper Schmeichel someone I'm going to fade unfortunately uh, I'm not sure about your take on him but uh, there's just too much explosive so I don't think Man City has it at the moment there's still just too much risk uh, to go against Man City I'd much rather take uh, Matt Ryan against uh, a Stoke uh, than uh, Schmeichel against City but again it's it's kind of interesting it's the same as the top of the board here for salaries at the bottom it just drops off a cliff from 4.4k down to uh, 3.6 basically 4.5k to 3 5k so it's it's a massive drop there and uh it it, it can pay dividends it's it's going to be interesting to see how salary builds are able to match up if that 3.6k to 4.4 4.5 that's a huge jump that's a massive jump that can mean a lot in terms of salary builds so taking the 3.6 guy just may work out it doesn't matter you can blindly look at just the, the salary and ignore who it is and who he's playing against and it may just be the roster build to go this week so that's what I'll be thinking about with Michael but in terms of like actual DFS meta I won't be looking at him I, there's just too much risk for me but uh, that is my keeper takes yeah you just about covered it all um, me personally I think I'm just going to be sticking with either Swansea or Jack Butlin I think they you know possess the best 
likelihood at returning value. Um, I think Stokes' defense is, you know, bad enough that Brighton will, you know, find a couple holes and actually get some shots on the Butland, which will create some upside because in the end I have no doubts that, you know, Stoke and Shakiri will put up goals as we'll touch on in midfield. But, like you said, once we get to defender, um, both the Swansea wingbacks are 100% in play for me, and which obviously means Fabianski's in play. Swansea have, um, they're unbeaten in four straight, and they have wins over Liverpool and Arsenal, which are, you know, definitely a trend worth noting after they sacked their old manager and brought in this Carvajal guy. And everyone seems to be buying into him, so they're one of the, you know, hotter teams per se in the EPL, and they are looking to avoid relegation, as always. Anyways, let's move to defense. Um, defense, I absolutely hate, and, um, my takes are real quick. I'm just going to be sticking to Kyle Lawton, Martin Olsen. You know, they're going against Burnley. Burnley have given up a ton of shots, crosses, and chances created, um, in the league this season. And I believe it's the most in all of those categories, actually. And like I said before, Swansea are hot, unbeaten, and four, and... They are a team where their wingbacks get are actively involved in the offense, and they nece- they won't necessarily you know provide the most amount of crosses, but they can get points in a slew of other ways, including you know tackles, interceptions, since they're very active on the sides of the field. And that's basically it for me. That's really all I see as in terms of upside. Um, yeah, what about you, Rob? Yeah, this this is a really strange week, a really, really strange week, and I think a lot of that sits in defenders. The choices you make, especially in GPP this late, if you're not laughing at yourself while you're making them, you probably shouldn't be taking them. Uh, that's my rule this week. Like, There's just a lot of guys here. I Like, Eric Peters had 4.7K. Okay, uh, I guess if I have to, 4.7K is like the craziest salary I've ever heard for a guy on a, as a Stoke defender who crosses the ball maybe three times a game, maybe if he's lucky. Like, uh, You're just going to have to make a lot of choices here based off your keeper that you're rolling with uh, because there's just not a lot of options. There are a couple that do stand out to me. Uh, the first one's obviously Aaron Cresswell on uh, West Ham. He's an excellent floor play despite his salary. And when you literally look at all of these guys, like literally you go through the entire list, there's just very few people that come close to Cresswell's 90-minute floor game. It's just there's nobody there. So 5.5K is a little bit steep now that we'll talk about the midfield. We'll get there for cash. Uh, but uh, in terms of uh, the defenders, there just isn't a lot of options this week. And that's it's not saying that nobody will do something. There's going to be someone that does something. And that's why I say if you're not laughing at yourself while you're picking this guy, then you probably shouldn't be picking him because that's what's going to come to the end of the slate. It's nothing personal. It's nothing mathematical. It's just the way it's going to build out. Uh, the teams aren't very good, and these players aren't really relevant DFS plays. So something's got to 
something's got to break here. Uh, so Cresswell is still a great play. He's still uh, an excellent floor play, but 5.5K is a little bit steep for GPP. But at the end of the day, you may not have many other options, and you may just have to go with them. So Cresswell is in play. Uh, Seamus Coleman on Everton. The simple fact here is ownership. He is uh, up to 5K, as he should have been. We got him literally half price last slate, and he didn't do very well. So I'm expecting him after about three to four games here to probably get back into a little bit more form. This is only his second game back, and from 5K, that's pretty steep risk to take. But I don't mind. His ownership's going to be super low. And then when a lot of people look at him, they won't know who he is because soccer is pretty new for a lot of folks this season. And uh, it's a new DFS board on the rise for sure. So Coleman isn't going to be carrying the name value that people who have been playing this for seasons will know about. Uh, so he's someone I'm going to be taking in GPP on ownership alone. Excuse me. Bauer is a little bit uh, too expensive again from 5K. He has a pretty safe floor, uh, but even then his floor doesn't really push uh, much past one and a half times value. Uh, that's fine for like a low-end cash play, but again, I'd rather just pay up the 400 and take Aaron Cresswell, who has the shot at uh, taking 10 crosses and who will take like five to seven crosses, where Bauer is going to be lucky to get more than four crosses. Uh, that just isn't his style. And uh, again, against the team that they're going up against, it just isn't uh, Brighton. They're not going to just give it to him. So um, when we look down, though, Van Holt and Holt's in play for a GPP if he ends up starting. Uh, I think he even has a really safe floor, but again, that salary 5K for someone on Crystal Palace, I'm just not sure about hold uh, Same situation uh, on Watford. Uh, he has a pretty safe floor, uh, and he has a pretty crazy ceiling whenever it gets going. But from 5K, I'm not just not sure if that's where I, I want to look this late. You know, uh, especially when we have guys like Jan matches below him, will probably have a better floor. And uh, his teammate against Ziegler, who I'll talk about in just a second, but like. Uh, Peters is probably too expensive. Uh, so it's just, it's a matter of matching up with the keeper. You talked about the Swansea wingbacks, both are excellent plays. But uh, yeah, Ziegler is going to be my top play from Watford. Absolutely, easily, 100%. He has the exact same floor, uh, just not really much of a ceiling. But the, the fact is, the salary hasn't changed at all. And he's still playing nine minutes, and he's still getting an excellent amount of work in. Uh, so I'm really surprised that DraftKings hasn't adjusted Ziegler's price at all. And I'll be going all in uh, at 3.8k that's a pretty solid play to go way over the ownership uh, on people here this late but literally other than that there isn't a whole lot to look at in terms of all the center backs uh, you can try and pair one up if you want to chase the CS bonus but even then you're taking the risk of finishing with five and that will lose you a GPP when you could have just spent up a little bit and uh, found someone worthwhile so, in all reality, I'll be sticking to a lot of Cresswell. And uh, like you said, the Swansea guys are both really high in play for me, too. Uh, but uh, Watford will be where I'll be looking. Uh, much like your Swansea, I'll be heading towards Watford's wing backs this slate. Uh, but, yeah, that's my defensive takes. Awesome, yeah. Um, mine are very narrow-focused. Um, oh, I just wanted to mention, you touched on Cresswell. I just think he's a little bit overpriced just because of the arrival of Yao Mario and you know he's looks like he's taking a firm hold on the set piece duties there, which makes Cresswell a bit <clears throat> have a smaller you know a less less inclined ceiling because his you know stats are limited to open play crosses and you know tackles and interceptions. 
But other than that, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Like you said, there's not much to love defense. I feel like lately there hasn't been a lot any standout defensive plays lately. No, there really hasn't been. It, it, and a lot of it has to do with uh, scheduling. Like, uh, you can't blame DraftKings for not wanting to price some of these guys where they are and pricing some of these guys where they are because it's just the construction of the slate. Uh, but, yeah, we haven't really had a, a great defensive schedule to work with uh, like we did in the first half of the season. Yeah, I just never understood Kyle Walker's price. It's always very high. doesn't really make much sense to me. Yeah, he, he he's definitely one of those guys, weeks after week, you don't lose money by fading uh, if you just ignore him most weeks. And that's, like you said, on Man City, it doesn't really add up. Same with Danilo. Danilo at 5.6K this slate is absolutely mind-boggling. He Has he crossed the ball more than twice all season? Like, I know he got a goal last game, so that's why he's up. But, like, yeah, like, he rarely crosses the ball. Um so there isn't a lot to work with there. Uh, so I'm just not interested in playing 5.6K for someone in DFS. Can he go out and score a goal? Sure. Will he? Uh, I'm not willing to take a bet on it. Definitely not 5.6K. There's just no way. Yeah, I agree. The only defender, if he starts, is Inchenko. I would consider at 4.9, I think. Because he's proven to you know move forward. and Yeah, actually, like a, a good amount of crosses, I remember, in his first ever start. Absolutely, yeah. But let's go to midfield. Um, midfield, as always, we have to touch on Man City. Man City are the highest, biggest favorites on the slate. Uh, the, you know, they have the highest odds at scoring the most amount of goals. So, but for once, I, I think we, we can stay away from Man City. I think it's safe to do it in cash, as crazy as that may sound, and in GPP, because, DraftKings has finally, I think, gotten the prices on KDB and um, Aguero correctly. That paired with the matchup, the matchup isn't, you know, um, a walk in the park to say they are at home, they are facing facing off against Leicester. Leicester have been, you know, playing a bit a bit better recently, even without Mahrez. Uh, Mahrez returned to training. Rob told me, you know, informed me of that before we went on. There is a chance he plays. It's probably very unlikely due to the you know situation he's currently in. Granted, we have no idea, you know, what you know Lester actually thinks of him. If they do value him, and you know, or they're willing to you know look over his temper tantrum that he you know set out before the deadline. So, uh, twelve twelve K for De Bruyne is. Very, very high. 10-5 for Sterling is very high. And Bernardo Silva, as shitty as it was last week or whenever it was that we were all over him, he doesn't really do much. Um, the offense is very followed in Man City through Kevin De Bruyne, Aguero, and Sterling. Occasionally when he gets a look, otherwise it's going to come from a random you know, goal off a random occurrence, like a corner kick. But... Um, I would I, I just don't think that these guys are gonna hit their value. They tied Burnley last week one one. This is a similar type of matchup. Lester will play them tough and twelve one on the slate is just a ridiculous price. It doesn't really especially if you want to pair him with a girl, you really can't do much. They're they the guys have to get two two goals. De Bruyne has to be involved in like three goals. 
And if you think Man City is going to win 4 or 5 nothing, then by all means, you should you know go all in on them. Personally, I don't see them scoring more than 2 at, at the most. So when you go below that, I like Shakiri a lot. I think he's a much safer pivot off of a 12K price tag. He has a very similar role on a much, you know, less, a much worse team, but he's still crossed over five times, I think, in the last four or five matches. He's always shooting, and Brighton are absolutely atrocious. They are giving up goals at an unconceivable rate, and they've allowed, what, multiple goals in four of their past six away games. Stoker's at home. Um, yeah, Shakiri just makes a lot of sense to me. And then below that, yeah, Mario, he's, you know, he's been underpriced since his arrival into the EPL. He's still a bit underpriced considering, you know, his point output. And those two are the top, you know, two of my favorite midfield. Under that, I don't really, I think I'm just going to only look at these two. Or maybe going up to KDB. What about you, Rob? Yeah, um... Bernardo Silva is a massive concern for me because he just, like you said, isn't getting it done, yet his salary keeps increasing. Uh, so I'm, I'm just not interested in that. Don't get me wrong, he, he still has a pretty safe floor, but from 7.7K, he has no floor, uh, especially when you consider the people that are around him. There's just no comparison between Bernardo Silva's floor and everyone else. Now, this was a different situation when he was 7.5K, and there was eight or nine other guys that were in the 10K range, and we needed a pivot. There's no need for pivot this late, so maybe that's a reason to take Bernardo Silva. But uh, for me, it isn't. That's the reason to fade Bernardo Silva. If there's going to be a City player I'm going to look at, Sterling, I'll talk about him in forwards. But uh, in terms of the midfields, I'm not too high on Shakiri. I absolutely agree everywhere where you're coming from. Uh, I just, uh, I'm a little bit bigger fan of him on the road than I am at home. Uh, Theo Walcott kind of let me down last slate. Uh, he still didn't do too bad, but I was looking for more of a ceiling. And uh, this slate at 8.6K, uh, Crystal Palace are really bad. So if it's going to come from somewhere, it's probably going to be Walcott. But uh, I'm just not willing to pay that much when there's a, a lot of different guys here I'll be talking about shortly that I like a lot more. Uh, Sigurdsson's an interesting play this slate. Uh, I'm I'm still on a little bit more of a wait-and-see possibility with him. He's been playing a lot better lately, but in terms of DFS, we just haven't seen that kind of results to warrant 7.6K. Now, conversely, uh, the three guys that are right below him, this range is really impressive to me across the entire slate, the 7 to 7.5K in, this, in midfield 10 forwards. Some incredible plays in here that I think are almost borderline locks. Starting with Pascal Groves, uh, I think he's an incredible play. He has the highest goal involvement uh, in the entire league for his team. Uh, I think he's been involved in almost 60% of uh, Brighton's goals this season have come from uh, Pascal Groves and either a goal or an assist so I, I really do like him from 7.5k I think he's a brilliant play I'd rather play him in the forward slot I'll talk about that in a bit too but uh, in, in terms of uh, I think uh, Pascal especially compared to Shakiri, I think uh, Gross is actually going to smash him maybe we want to take a prop bet in that or something but uh, yeah I think Gross is an incredible play this slate uh, Hal Mario, uh, Wa Wa Mario is another excellent play here from West Ham at only 7.5k 
like you mentioned, it knocks down the Crespo relevance a little bit. Uh, but uh, he is, uh, like I mentioned, I went on and on about in the previous podcast there. Um, Walmer is a world-class player by all means. And if he's taking a lot of set pieces, 7.5K isn't a bad option here against a Watford team who was pretty well incapable of taking cards. So uh, you can almost expect Walmer to get a 5-7 to seven floor cross guaranteed against Watford. Uh, I think Towns is an incredible play at only 7.4k. Crystal Palace are incredibly hurt right now, so a lot of their it's going to be very tunneled for them. Uh, and I think uh, Towns is one play, one place to really uh, take a shot on this uh, this slate. Probably only in GPP. I'm not really liking his cash floor uh, at the moment. It is it was there, I should say, but uh, I would rather take him in GPP this slate and try and cash in on some really odd ownership. Johan Berg-Goodmanson, JBG on Burnley, I think is an incredible play at only 7.1K. He's going to have an incredible floor. Swansea are going to do well, but they're not that good. I prefer Burnley whenever they're at home. Other away form has been absolutely atrocious as of late. Uh, so I won't necessarily be looking at Johan uh, Berg-Goodmanson as my number one cash play, but he's definitely going to be up there because he always has an excellent chance uh, to get tons of crosses. I think Mark Albrighton's your number one cash play of the slate, absolutely lock. You don't have a choice. He's taking 12 crosses a game. It doesn't matter if it's against City. Uh, I don't see City at the moment stopping Albright from still getting 6 to 8 crosses and uh, most likely cashing in on one of them. Uh, City don't take a lot of fouls and allow a lot of corners, but at the same time, I think City's playing atrocious and if there was a time to get them on a trend, it's absolutely right now. Uh, Kabai is another guy you're going to have to consider for cash. Uh, absolutely for Crystal Palace. Uh, whatever Palace are at home, they are a threat whenever they're away, they are more of a GPP play, uh, so I'm not too sold on Kabai at 6.7k is a little bit of a salary pivot off all the 7k guys but I think there's still much better options on this team, uh, even with his set piece floor that he carries around uh, so he's someone I'm, I'm considering um Dio von Stoke is someone you're going to have to consider if he ends up starting up front. Uh, he gets minutes up front uh, as listed as a midfielder. So at only 6K, uh, that's a – oh, I guess he's a midfield forward now. That's still a really good option from that salary. Dio Lofo is another one on um, – Watford, who uh, he just transferred, or I shouldn't say transferred, he's loaned in from Barcelona. Uh, he's an incredible play. He basically won the game for them against Chelsea. Uh, he was a good play the first game, and he, he just didn't come out with the DFS results. He had the DFS results last late. Look for it again for only 5.8K. I think De, De La Folu is an excellent uh, GPP play. Uh, as you go down here, uh, there's a few more that I really, really like. I don't mind, obviously, the March knockers. Uh, options there in Brighton, but uh, really, Decoro is one of my top GPP plays of the slate. When when um, when Cleverly's out, uh, Decoro just steps up his game massively, and he finds a lot more relevance uh, with uh, Cleverly off the pitch, so I really like Decoro from only 5 I think he's going to, there's a few guys here who value wise I think are going to smash the city guys and Dakura is absolutely up there as well my number one or two guys here who are going to smash their values compared to the city and it, it almost makes no no point to take city in retrospect to their salaries when you have guys like Dakura at 5k who are going to walk in with a three times value uh, and I just really like that Sam Klukas is another guy on Swansea I'm really interested in this late and only 4.9k 
he scored with literally every shot he's taken this season. He obviously isn't an offensive mastermind. He's been playing a lot of uh, wing back, uh, so he he goes all around the place. I just uh, I really like his salary this way at only four point nine k. I don't expect him to go out and score double digits. That'd be nice, but uh, just some salary relief and some difference was really interesting. The same with uh, Milicevic on uh, Crystal Palace. I like him a lot more over Kabai uh, simply because he takes the penalty shots and Everton uh, is involved in a ton of games with penalty shots. So why not take a chance at that at only 4.8K whenever you have guys at uh, now at 12K. Now, don't get me wrong, Milicevic isn't going to go out and uh, get a 20 or something like that. But uh, three times value isn't asking too much from that uh, range or that salary range, excuse me. But uh, going down, there isn't too much more except for one more guy that I'm totally into here. And it's my number one play all around this slate and someone whom I'm going to be using way overboard uh, and it's James MacArthur on Crystal Palace at only 3.5k he should be playing 90 minutes uh, in an attacking role he's been playing really well uh, Palace are really hurt Everton aren't that good to stop uh, Palace from getting on the score sheet and if it was anyone who's going to find relevance from Palace it's absolutely going to be James MacArthur 3.5k is a blind lock for 90 minutes in an attacking role from someone who's not incapable uh, like for example you could put any one of the 20 guys that are below them in an attacking midfield position from their salary and they're not going to do very much at all but uh Definitely, absolutely, James MacArthur's that first guy. Prayer isn't a bad option from Watford either. I don't mind him. Uh, his minutes just haven't been there. So uh, James MacArthur's going to get 90 minutes. Palace are just too hurt otherwise. Uh, if there were <coughs> excuse me, healthy Palace players sitting on the bench to take away his minutes, I would have a completely different opinion. But there's nobody there to sub him off. So at only 3.5K, you're getting an absolute bargain. And that's who I'll be rolling with this slate uh, is James MacArthur. But uh, that is my midfield takes. Yeah, you just about covered it all. <clears throat> um, one guy, I don't know if you mentioned, because I kind of zoned out, but uh, that I like, um, that I forgot to mention, is Yannick Bolasi. If he starts, he he's 5K, and in the last game he played, I don't know if he came out of the sub or he started or what, but against Arsenal, he had eight crosses. And at 5K, he has a player with a lot of upside. Um yeah, there were points last year when he played for Crystal Palace. He was in the mid, you know, seven k range, lower, high six k range, and five k against his Crystal Palace, his former team, I believe. He should get the start and will be very active. Crystal Palace is very banged up, and I do like that James MacArthur call at thirty three hundred. He should be in an attacking role, and there should be no reason he doesn't get at least five to six points. So, let's move on to forward. Forward, we can talk about the Man City guys. Kun Aguero, he has the you know best goal-scoring odds of any guy on the slate. He is 11,700. He has virtually no floor and an unlimited ceiling. He's a very hard player to figure out. Yeah, basically, the rule I live by when rostering Aguero is if you think Man City is going to score four goals. Um, you know, Kuhn should be involved with you know, at least one, maybe two, probably three. But that's just the golden rule when you deal with a player like Harry Kane, like Kun Aguero, like Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, they all fall in the same category. If you think their team scores a lot of goals, you know, build around them. Otherwise, I don't see a reason to go after them. 
at one goal he doesn't even hit, you know, he doesn't hit value because you can get that goal for a lot cheaper price elsewhere in some of these other games. Granted, none of these games have high scoring odds. Man City's the only one with over three, but, you know, there will probably be goals scored in these other games. That being said, the forward pool is pretty ugly underneath him. Um, one guy I like a lot who has forward eligibility is Gerard Delafue. He looked very good against Chelsea. He scored a goal late, but it was a very nice goal. Um, he, you know, he's taking some corners. I think he took four of six on Monday against Chelsea. He's a very, you know, he's a playmaker. He comes in and he makes things happen. He flanks from the wing. West Ham are very bad. Uh, Wofford should be able to create, you know, a bunch of chances, and they will give up a, uh, West Ham gives up a bunch of crosses, so this all plays right into Delphi's hands. 5,800 under 6K, you won't see him under 6K again. His price will definitely be above 6K the next time they play. And, yeah, I think this is time to buy low on him once again. Those are a couple forwards. Oh, there's one forward I like. I'll let you touch on, you know, your takes. Yeah, sounds good. I, I completely agree with you on uh, Sergio Aguero. I think he's a, a brilliant play, despite his salary. If I'm going to go with anyone, though, I think it is going to be Sterling. I just like his salary in comparison to the other two's infinitely more. 10.5K still allows you to stack everywhere. So uh, 11.7K, there's no stacking options. 12K, there's literally, you're lucky to get someone over 5K after that point. So it's uh, someone for me, like 10.5K. I'll be looking at that where he actually still has some really high relevance uh, where comparison Bernardo Silva like we touched on just uh, doesn't have that same relevance at the moment uh, I do like Theo Walcott uh, not so much Sigerson I prefer Walcott I talked about Pascal Gross earlier I think putting him in the forward slot is the play this slate uh, I talked on Townsend already Richardson's an interesting play for me this slate I would, like you said uh, Delafue I really like him a lot more than Richardson uh, especially at 7.2k isn't something I'm looking to spend on Richardson at the moment. If he was around 6.5 to 6K, I would, I would probably be more interested. I already talked about Bert, Bert Goodmanson, excuse me. Chikorito on West Ham is someone you're going to have to consider. Uh, everyone else in West Ham is hurt. There's no other forward options, so he's going to see 90 minutes. Uh, it's that simple. And if you think West Ham are going to score, it's most most to, mo to almost likely that it's going to come through Chikorito. Uh So I don't really mind him at all for only 6.8K. That's a brilliant play. Uh, the same can be said, excuse me, for Jamie Vardy. Uh, City aren't that good. Uh, they're obviously a world-class attacking team, but they're not a team to stop Jamie Vardy from getting four shots on that the goal, which would uh, set him up quite nicely for four times, or excuse me, three times value, uh, pushing it uh, in a GPP setting. That's more than enough from 6.1K. So Jamie Vardy someone I'm absolutely into this slate. Uh, you talked to Delphi, I really like him. Glenn Murray's going to be one of my top GPP plays this slate. The guy has back-to-back-to-back goals, 5.5K. There isn't a lot to hate. Stoke aren't that good defending. Uh, they obviously have an excellent goalkeeper in Jack Butland, but they have still the season-long worst defensive record in the league. So uh, if uh, anyone's going to score in Brighton, it's probably going to be Pascal Groth to uh, Glenn Murray. And even then, Glenn Murray still takes penalty shots. So uh, I have no problem with Glenn Murray at 5.5K this week against the league's worst defense. So it's hard to turn that down. Uh, as you keep going down, they're really, 
really isn't anything, though. <clears throat> excuse me. It depends if Watford's too, excuse me, Watford starts up front, uh, if it's going to be someone like Deeney. Uh, if Andre Gray starts up front, I'll, I'll be using him a fair amount, at only 4.6K. But uh, literally below uh, below those two, there isn't really that much to look for. Um, mostly, like I said about Watford earlier, uh, I'm very into Watford this late, which is troubling because that happens way too much and it generally fails me. But their salaries are just undeniable this late for their production on the floor. 4.3K, 4.5K, uh, 4.6K, you know, that goes across the board. Ziegler at 3.8K. Uh, it's it's really hard to look past these guys in, in different settings and different formats because those salaries not only open you up to some really incredible city options, they're still good players and there's no reason for them to be that cheap. So it's a it's a big option for you this late to be looking around at Watford. But uh, other than that, that's really my forward takes. So I'm noticing that there's going to be some serious rain in the Brighton Stoke and the Burnley Swansea game, uh, which to me just signals more long passing, uh, which again makes Glenn Murray an even better play. But uh, yeah, that is generally my forward takes. Awesome. That about wraps it up for today's podcast. Um, and I believe Champions League starts. Champions League, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, that's another thing we didn't mention. Man City, um, yeah, just Man City. They play in Champions League. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you know they're looking past this um, cupcake match in quotation marks, as some may say. So that could you know result in a funky outing. But just keep that in mind when you know rostering Man City players and building around them. They have a lot more at stake. Um, yep, that about wraps it up. Any last words, Rob? No, all good. Good luck, everyone. Yep, hope you guys see the green tomorrow morning, and we will see you next week. Have a good one.